This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast focused on issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and today we're talking about a serious issue regarding textured breast implants. Dr. David Yannick is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon. Using innovative techniques and advanced technology, Dr. Yannick performs numerous surgical and non-surgical procedures to enhance and restore the face, breasts, body, and skin. We asked Dr. Yannick, what are textured breast implants? So a textured breast implant is a certain type of silicone breast implant. So when implants were released back out on the market in the early 2000s, after all of the issues in the 90s, as far as breast implants causing soft tissue sort of diseases, people thinking that it was causing other sort of diseases as well. That was all disproven. The silicone in of itself is actually safe. And we're actually exposed to quite a bit of silicone in our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. That being said, the original implants that came back out on the market were smooth. So the shell was a smooth shell. And in order to prevent capsular contractures, so when the scar capsule that forms around any implanted device in the sitting of breast implants, that scar capsule can become excessively scarring. And what it can do is deform the implant. So the thought was, and what was borne out in the literature for the reason to bring back, to release textured implants, is that decrease that risk. Because the textured implant actually has, as the name suggests, a texture to it. Mm-hmm. And it depends on which manufacturer, how that texture is imparted onto the implant. Can you explain what that texture might be like? So that texture is kind of like sandpaper, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of the way in which it was done, what medium or coarse grit sandpaper. Mm-hmm as far as the manufacturing process. So if you were to take the same size implant side by side, one smooth, one textured, the textured implant has a significantly higher surface area, Mm -hmm. which allows it to interact with the body differently. And it was that interaction and that increase in surface area was thought to prevent that capsular contracture. So you're using the body's own tendency to grab onto stuff and have a surface for it to grab onto to keep it from moving around within that space? And develop other problems? Well, it was really to keep it from moving around and to prevent overformation of the scar tissue or the capsule around it. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other advantages to a textured implant is you were able to make a shaped implant, so a teardrop shape to Mm -hmm. that implant. Because now you have a device that will grab onto the tissue and prevent it from rotating or moving, so now you can actually put a teardrop shape to it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the real popularity came in. And as far as implants go, this implant in of itself is referred to as the gummy bear implant because it is essentially like the when you cut it, it's the cut edge of a gummy bear. Mm-hmm. It's very form stable. Are they safe? The silicone implants in of themselves are safe. What we have found is a breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. This is a T cell lymphoma. Right now, the FDA is looking at the incidence of this. There are two actual registries both done by the American Society of Plastic Surgery. One is the profile registry, which is tracking any woman that happens to have this breast implant associated ALCL. So all of the pathologic data is put into that to get an idea of one, the type of implant, two, the type of changes that occurred in that lymphoma Mm -hmm. and to be able to track that. The second one is known as the National Breast Implant Registry. So that's looking at every implant that has been put in As a plastic surgeon, we enter that data into that system so that then the FDA, the American Society of Plastic Surgery, and the manufacturers can look at to see, is this only a textured implant problem? Right now, the data that is out there 
suggests that it's only a textured implant problem. Mm -hmm. Going back to the increase in surface area. Mm -hmm. The thought process is increasing that surface area leads to the likelihood that that implant gets colonized with bacteria. Not enough bacteria to make you sick, but enough to actually continue to stimulate the immune system. And once you stimulate it enough, it loses control and those T cells become a lymphoma. All right. I want to draw some Venn diagrams. When, (laughs) what is the era in which these particular breast implants were used? So the era in which they were used was after breast implants were re-released. So late 2000s. And currently now their usage has fallen off as far as their market share. They're roughly about 15% of breast implants that are implanted today in this country. We're using different kinds of ways to get this done now. Correct. What percentage of breast implants done during that, well, you know, uh, rough estimate, what portion of the breast implants during that period were the textured type? I'd say probably about 25% at the most Mm -hmm. were textured. It really comes down to a school of thought as far as how to best deal with capsular contracture. And capsular contracture being a deformity of the breast implant Mm -hmm. leads to a deformity of that augmented breast Mm -hmm. or that reconstructed breast if they were used for a reconstruction. So really that as far as trying to minimize the need for secondary procedures down the road. Mm -hmm. Is the concern with every textured implant? The concern is is actually that's been linked to every textured implant by all three manufacturers at that time. Okay. So how would one know if one had one of these textured implants? So the best way to know would be for a woman to look at her implant card that she received at the time that the implants were placed. Mm -hmm. If she doesn't have her card, which is quite common, if she knows what manufacturer placed them, the manufacturers are required to keep a list of what implants were placed and in whom. Third option is to talk to the actual plastic surgeon who did it to see because that would be in their records as well. So one would think that there would be copious notes on this in their chart. Yes. In in their medical records. But if you didn't have that readily available, and for the people who are listening who either have an implant or know someone who did have an implant who might be panicking right now, are there any ways to tell without having those charts available what type of implant they had? Anecdotally? Anecdotally, I mean, really, it there's really no anecdotal way to tell the difference which type of implant you had placed as far as for your augmentation or your reconstruction. Mm-hmm. The one thing to to be concerned would be findings that are suggestive for a woman that she may have this as far as the changes that occur to her breast implant or her breast. And that would be swelling of the breast that is considered possibly a late seroma, findings of capsular contracture or changes to a breast implant or concerns for breast implant rupture, Mm -hmm. which is related to the previous two. Mm -hmm. So the best way to get an idea of what is going on at that point would be the use of an MRI. And again, we're talking about B-I-A-A-L-C-L. And again, that means? So that is breast implant associated Mm -hmm. anaplastic large cell lymphoma. What are some of the symptoms that a person might be experiencing that would cause them to go to a doctor regarding that? So regarding that, what you would be looking for is that late seroma finding, so swelling of a breast, one side, both sides, after many years, we're talking five, 10 years, finding of that sort of swelling in, in one breast, pain, mm-hmm. signs of capsular contracture, or... What would, what would that be like? That could be deformity of the breast, mm-hmm. either the implant in of itself as raised compared to the other side. You could have pain associated with that, or you could just have an overall hardening and firming of that breast. Mm-hmm. Other symptoms? 
Other symptoms would be those that would be concerned with if they've had a trauma to the chest concerning that they may have a breast implant rupture. Again, all of these best test would be to have your primary set you up for mm. a breast MRI. So if somebody's been experiencing these symptoms, your best advice to them would be primarily? My best advice primarily would be to speak with their primary care to be set up for a breast MRI. Now with those findings, that would then indicate for a fine needle aspiration of that fluid. Right. You're going to poke a needle in it and draw poke. some of the cells out and see what it's what's in there. Correct. If a person has been found to have a cancer or some abnormalities associated with this type of implant, what's the treatment like? The workup would include a PET scan, and what that's looking for is dissemination of the disease. Now, the breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, or BIA-ALCL, is not as aggressive as the naturally occurring ALCL. Really? It has been found to be more associated directly with the capsule. Some women may have a mass that's associated with the capsule, so they may feel a lump or a firmness or a nodule to their breast. In that situation, that would be concerning. That would indicate the need for a PET scan to clear any disseminated disease. Mm -hmm. If there's no evidence of disseminated disease or metastatic disease, then the treatment is essentially removal of the entire capsule, removal of the breast implant. As far as a revision of that augmentation or a revision of that reconstruction, that can be done at the same time. It is up to the woman's prerogative if they wanted to do that at that time. Mm -hmm. Then that sample would be sent off to confirm the pathology to see whether or not the lymphoma is involving the actual capsule. But the likelihood is if there's no mass, there's no evidence of metastatic disease on PET scan, the need for things like chemo or any adjuvant treatment is very minimal. But mm -hmm. they would still be sent for evaluation and consultation with the hematology oncologist. So if I'm understanding this correctly, it's less aggressive than other types of breast cancer. It's less aggressive than the naturally occurring anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Right. This is a form of a T-cell lymphoma. It does occur naturally and spontaneously. This one being associated with the breast implant due to that thought of the continual stimulation by a low-grade infection, mm -hmm. an infection that doesn't make you sick, but actually just stimulates the immune system. The regulation on the immune system is lost for those cells, and that is why they degenerate into this ALCL. Once you've aspirated it and you determine there's a problem and you've removed or done whatever kind of reconstructive surgery that you need to do on the affected breast, does it play out much like any other breast cancer patient in terms of what they need to do down the road? What they need to do down the road is very similar, and it is up to an evaluation of the remaining information and data, one from the final pathology, as well as the evaluation with the PET scan by the consultation with hematology oncology, as far as whether or not there would be a need for chemo mm -hmm. afterwards. Are you seeing a lot of, in your practice, a lot of patients with this? I see a lot of patients that have been augmented or reconstructed with a textured implant. And that's particularly from about early 2000 to probably about 2015 mm -hmm. timeframe. And the popularity of it was to deal with that issue of capsular contracture. Those women that I do see, I've seen so far maybe one or two that are actually positive for ALCL that I've treated. That is plastic and reconstructive surgeon, Dr. David Yannick. To learn more about MidMichigan Health's cosmetic and plastic surgery offerings, go to midmichigan.org slash cosmetic surgery. Of course, if you have health concerns, you should first consult your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org 
slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Hope to see you again soon for another edition of Health Dose.